Welcome to Eastgate Church. I trust you'll find this message inspiring and encouraging for you today. My job this morning, guys, is to study up. Hallelujah. That's my job. My job is to stir you up. Glory to God. And also, I stun myself up. So I speak to myself before I speak to you. And I regularly stun myself up. I regularly challenge myself like I did in the pictures, because I've seen the, the spiritual significance of what took place in history in Czechoslovakia and Prague and a man that was burdened for something. I says, Lord, what about me? Am I burdened? Oh, it's not my burden. Do you know something, and that's another preach for another day. Well, you need to get before God and say, God, give me a burden. <laughs> give me something. <laughs> a burden for something. Or else, what are, you, what are you just like, well... Let's get before God and say, God, what are you, what's your plans for me? What can I do for the kingdom of God? Amen. It's so easy to get wrapped up in your own little world. That's it. Me and mine. As long as I'm okay, my world just revolves around me. I've said it often. You can have a wee circle round about you and I'm in my wee circle and everything's fine. You know, my house is fine. We're all cosy. And we just shut the world out. No, no, we're meant to actually open up our arms and get involved in this world, brothers and sisters. That's why the Lord has set us salt and light, to be salt and light. Hallelujah to take the light into the world, glory to God, to be that salt that this world desperately needs, hallelujah, to see the glory of God. So my job is what? To stir us up, hallelujah. To stir up the gift of God that is within you. Do you know we've all got the gift of God within us? Paul writes to Timothy, doesn't he? And I'll read that and then we'll just open that up a little bit. Just 2 Timothy, you'll probably know it well. And it's chapter two. And Paul writing here to this godly man called Timothy. And just chapter one, it says this, Paul writes to Timothy, says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Glory to God. Paul encourages what? Timothy to stir up the gift of God that's within him, which I believe he's meaning stir up the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Paul's referring to that. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is a gift of God that Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift of my Father. Hallelujah. Which was the Holy Spirit. And obviously when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, then a spiritual gift is given to us. We're all gifted people. If you have the Spirit of God, God has given you something. You've got something. God has given you something that you need to use for His glory. Amen. There's a gifting that we receive. You'll find some of those gifts in Romans 12. And um, you'll find the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Romans, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12. And, and 1 Corinthians 1, 12, 1 Corinthians 1, 14. Talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And we need to allow that gifting to work through us for his glory, for his praise, and for his honor. I ask you all again at the beginning of this year, it's time for us to stir ourselves up, brothers and sisters. It's easy sometimes just to become kind of, you know, just settled. Amen. Especially you've been walking with the Lord a long time. You just settle down, don't we? You know, sometimes, you know, when people get saved, they become like... You know, I remember Charles Kinsman and then um, when Charles came in, man, Charles was like, Charles was busting at the seams. I remember, Liz, we went to, we went to um, St. Andrew's. And Charles was running, running along this side, t telling people about Jesus, and then he was running across the road. He was like, shoo, shoo, shoo. next minute, he did holy huddles, and he was like, I'm going, goodness sake, Charles, you know what I mean? He's still as a, a big evangelist as your Charles Kinsman, now doing a great work down there with broken chains. Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank God for that. But we settle a little bit, and sometimes we can just settle 
and then we can begin we, we become dull. Amen. And then we just we, we can lose that flavour. And this is when Paul's writing to Timothy. See, Timothy wasn't a Paul. Paul was a bulldog. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's not many Pauls in the world, apart from being a genius. But he was an astounding man. He was a man in a mission and a passion. He, you know, he, he, he was a eunuch for the Lord. Totally centred on the Lord, 100%. And we're not all called to be a Paul. Timothy was a bit timid. He wasn't as bold as, as Paul. But Paul tells him, stir up that gift of God that is within you. For the Spirit of God gives, has come to give us power. Amen. To give us power. What I'm believing today is, and when I look at the church today, I see a great apathy or a lethargy in the church today. We seem to have lost our appetite for the work of God. We seem to have settled. We seem to have been beaten down under. Just what the, the Bible says here in Matthew 24, doesn't it? Because an increase of wickedness, a love of mold, wax, love of most can wax cold. Not to mean they lose completely, but we just kind of, we just now, we just, we've just lost what we've actually been called to do. We've just lost that love affair with the Lord that we need to find again. And we need to re-resurrect in some cases. But if I would look at that and we look at tithing, some people say, Arthur, you don't preach tithing. There's a wee box there. And many times I forget to take the offering. Glory to God. I thank God for everybody that was brought up in the tithing aspect that I give God of my resources and my finances. Hallelujah. And people will say 10%. People say to me, where does it say 10% in the New Testament, bro? And then, well, you can say that as much as you like. I was brought up in that curve. I've never had a problem with it. Never had a problem giving unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's, I honor God with my money. And it's up to me whether I want to do it or I don't want to do it. There's no pressure in here. Hence the reason the box is up there and it's not in your face. And it's going round about. I want to tell you this though. It takes money to run any business and it takes money to run a church. Amen. Because there's heating, there's gas, there's everything else, insurance. There's lots of things. Glory to God. So it's up to you whether you want to give. I think it's a free will offering. Hence the reason I don't push tithing as much as I would like. Maybe out the blue I will actually mention it. Because it's biblical and we are asked by the Lord to give. And give generously. Not just tithes, but offerings and gifts as well. Thinking outside yourself and thinking of others and being willing to share. And the more you've got, the more you've got to share. Glory to God. It's a wonderful privilege to be a blessing. Do you know that? Bible picks up on it. Hallelujah. Often. But what I tend to see is as well, people tithing. Sometimes people will tithe as their, as their, 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 their energy. So okay, I'll give, I'll give 10% to God and I'm going to, I'm going to live 90% to myself. So I'll, I'll do 10% for God, but 90% I'm doing is me itself. It's motivated by me. As long as I give God 10%, as long as I'm busy just doing a little bit for God, but the bulk of the time I'm doing my thing and I'm not going to do God's thing. Do you know, can I just encourage every single one of us? We are called to serve God. You belong to God 100%, not just your money that you're going to put in there. I want to tell you this, God owns you lock, stock and barrel. You were bought at a price. You are no longer of yourself. You are, should be a servant now unto God because you belong to God. He bought you. He purchased you. He redeemed you from darkness and now he brought you into his wonderful kingdom. You belong to him. That's why Paul says, I am a slave. I am a servant. And sometimes people say that to me and they're blue in the face. I mean, you're your own slave and you're your own servant, my friend. You do your own thing. Now listen, we can't be running all over the world like Paul. God knows that we have to work. In fact, the Bible tells us we should work. We've got children, we need to bring them up. We, need to, we can have fun with our children. We can, you know, I can take my wife out for a meal. You know, we've got a life as well. So I'm not screaming and bawling that we need to be whatever. 
But I want to tell you this, when you're walking with God and you're doing these things with God, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Whether we eat or drink or whether we, you know, we can live a life. But we have to be open to the kingdom of God, brethren. And that's really on my heart to really emphasize today. The world and the flesh are very powerful forces. And Satan knows how to exploit them 100%. The world and the flesh, my friends, are very, very powerful Glory to God, very powerful. And they will make demands upon you. That's why Galatians 5, you need to read that again. It says, you know, the flesh and the spirit are warring against for you, for your attention. And friends, who am I going to give my attention to? Am I going to give my attention to the spirit? Or am I going to give my attention to my flesh? Hallelujah. I mean, I know if I was thinking of getting up the road, I don't do TV. We've got a TV up in the room, it's for Netflix when we do the wee kiddies. When they come, we can, we've got something that they can get up there. Linda is my, is, is my witness. I, you know, people come in and say, where's your telly? <laughs> well, there's a wee telly up in that room up there that we use for the kiddies, you know, because no, that's, that's wasting time. That's, just, that's a time waster. That's just draining me. Now, have I been able to sit down and watch an odd film? I went to the pictures, so I better not deny that. <laughs> and I watched the film. It was good. enjoyed it. And I could watch a film if I so desired it. But actually, I choose not to. Do you know why? Because I need to be in the presence of God, I'd rather be in the presence of God because these things just war against us and vie for our attentions. God's got plans for us, amen. And I want to fulfill my God-given call in my life. This world is not your home. And if you want to live 90% for this world and you're only giving 10% to God, one day you'll stand before God and God says, what did you do for me? You know, and it's like, well, um, listen, this world is not our home. The Bible says that this world is not our home. God has called us out of the world. Jesus is wonderful prayer. Father, they are not of this world as I am not of this world. I've called them. Therefore, they're no longer in the world. I've called them out of the world. Therefore, we are kingdom of God people now. We're not waiting for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus says, go preach. The kingdom of God is here. Repent. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is here. We're not waiting for it. You need to get involved in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. For that is where the greatest fulfillment will be in your life. And then you will stand before the Lord in that day and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in to your master's house. Hallelujah. And that's what I want to hear from the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. And uh, maybe we'll say an amen at the end of it. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's just jump up to Hebrews chapter 12. There was many places I could have jumped to, I might add. And anyway, I was drawn to chapter 12. And um, we always start with the race, you know, run your race. But I'm going to be breaking in at verse 12, 12, 12. And this little Bible I've got here has a heading is renew your spiritual vitality. That's the little heading here, but just before we get into this little section. And um, so glory to God. I think I looked up that word vitality. And it means the state of being strong and active to be energized or to have energy. Glory to God. That's what it means, the state of, so it's talking about renewing your spiritual vitality, your spiritual energy. Hallelujah. We all know what energy is in the physical. Some of you will know a lot more about it than me. These guys that do the gym and all that, you know, they can energy, you know, run about a thousand, a thousand miles and things, you know, so, you know, and um, we, know what, we know what physical energy is, but what is spiritual energy? And this is what 
the, the, the writer of Hebrews, probably a lot of people say Paul. I tend to kind of lean towards Paul, but many other people think it could be someone else. We know it was the Spirit of God because it's in here, isn't it? So it's the breath of the Spirit. That's where we know what it is. It is coming from the Lord. And Paul writes this, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Pursue peace, peace with all people and holiness for without which no one will see the Lord. Amen. You want to see God? Then you better pursue holiness. You better know what, holy, what holiness means. You better pursue that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Looking carefully, lest anyone falls short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many have become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator. Fornication is having sex outside of marriage. That's what that means. To be a fornication means having sex outside of marriage. God is an order. Amen. And God's order is marriage. It's, that's God's order. Amen. Sex and marriage, wonderful glory to God. It's a great gift that the Father's given to us and, and, and we thank God for that. Sex outside of marriage is fornication. And the Bible says this very clearly there, lest there be any fornicator or those who might a profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Profane also basically means to treat something that should be something sacred with irreverence or disrespect. I'll just treat it as if it's nothing, you know. It's not a big deal. That's basically what it is saying there. And so what we see here, the writer of Hebrews is encouraging us what? That we should be what? Looking to strengthen ourselves in the realm of the spirit. These hands that hang down, you know. You ever see that with somebody just kind of walking in? You see some people like this. You see people like walking in the street sometimes, don't they? It's just like, and they're just hopeless. I see it all the time. My heart goes out to them. You just see them walking. See these guys that's maybe trapped in drink or drugs. You know, you just walk them and it's, you know, you just walk there and it's like aimlessly just walking. I've seen a lot of that when we were in Glasgow, just walking through the town there yesterday. People in a hopeless situation. Their hands are just hanging down. Their legs are weak and it's buckled and you can just see that. They're just see, you know. But when God comes into your life, hallelujah, puts a spring in your step, glory to God, hallelujah, then I start learning, I can pick myself up, I can walk differently, I talk differently, hallelujah. Why? Because the Spirit of God now has came upon me and by his power and by his strength, I am a new man in Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. I used to drag my sorry. I was going to say the word ass around, but it's not such a bad word, but I'll say that anyway. I remember going through years like that. A hopeless case. Yeah, had we burst and wee burst of energy, you know, but just kind of miserable, dragging myself about, chasing this and chasing that, going nowhere fast. I know what it's like to be a hopeless case. I could have been a lot worse, but I still look at myself and say, but I was not fulfilling my life. I was miserable in that and I just could not find a way out. But God, hallelujah. But the day that God came into my life. And every now and again, I like to reflect upon that because it makes me think, God, thank you for what you've done in my life. Let me not take it for granted because sometimes when you've been on the road a long time, you kind of forget where you came from. I like to look back sometimes. Have a little look back and say, praise God, hallelujah, Father. Thank you for your kindness and your goodness to me. I remember the state that I was in 
and you rescued me. Glory to God. You put me on this solid rock. You put a spring in my step. You gave me hope and a future. Glory to God. No longer was I walking aimlessly, but I was a man on a mission and I was walking in a purpose and God had a pathway for me. Hallelujah. And by the grace of God, I managed to go on that path. Hallelujah. And I'm still on it. I've still got somewhere to go. Glory to God. And I'm asking the Lord this year, as I've said to you, let's make this year you the year. Let's stir yourselves up. Let's be the men and the women, boys and girls that God has asked us to be. Because that's when you will be the most happiest. When God, you're fulfilling your God-given destiny. And I can ask every single one of this room, you know, if you be honest with yourself, you look back at your life and you look at the most important time in your life when you knew there was a time you were probably closest to the Lord. And that would probably be a time of desperation. <laughs> It's always amazing that desperation drives us to the Lord. Thank God for desperate times. Because it will drive me to the Lord. When everything's going okay and everything's wonderful. I want to tell you this, when all, when all hell breaks through in your life, thank God then for these moments, you know, I mean, you hate them. I can look back at my life and I can see some terrible times in my life. But you know, once I fast forward it, I look back and I went, thank God for that. But you know why? Because it frung me into, it, it made me get him and cry out to the living God in a way that I never cried out for him. When you're desperate, you will cry out to God differently. When you're desperate, you will pray differently. Hallelujah. Let's get desperate. Let's not wait for desperate times. Just get desperate. Hallelujah. If there was a Dan in here, say, desperate Dan, go for it. You know, like, praise the Lord. So anyway, what we're seeing here is, and we can look at this man, Esau. You know, and it says, a fornicator profane like the person like Esau. What a terrible indictment for this man, the twin brother of Jacob. Two twins. Two kids in the womb. One was, and, 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 and it's amazing how the, one was going one way and one was going the other way and Esau went the wrong way. But you know, afterwards he, he sold his birthright. We'll just drop back to Genesis 25 and we're going to finish there. So Genesis 25 and I want to just kind of labour this slightly. Because it's pertinent to you and it's pertinent to me. Because I want to tell you this, there's a, there, there could easily be an Esau and a Jacob in each of us. In the realm of the spirit, there could be an Esau and a, J, and a Jacob in us and it depends what road that we are going to take. And just reading those verses in verse 29, 25, Genesis 25, verse 29, it says, Now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom, which means red. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Jacob was a tricky character. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him, sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and he drank and he rose and he went in his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And that means that he treated it with like, so what? It's nothing. It's birthright. What's, what good is the birthright to me? And, um, and he just gave it up. He gave it up to Jacob. Well, we know it was, it, was, it was going to be Jacob's birthright anyway. We know that. God knew that, but he still had the decision to make and he, and he, and he, and he, and he gave up that birthright. Instead of, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it could have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But Esau gave up and he, 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 he treated it lightly. He disdained it. He profaned it. It meant nothing to him. Hallelujah. Can I just say this in finishing to us, brothers and sister, sisters? We have got a life. All of us have got a life in God. 
All of us have got a life in God. We've got a spiritual life and we've got a fleshly life. It's a, it's a Jacob life or it's the Esau life. And all of us have got a choice. What life are we going to live? Am I going to live for God? Am I going to live for myself? Because that's what Esau was living for. He was a man's man. He was a hunter. He was strong. His father loved him. He was, he, you know, he was a dynamic man. But he wasn't walking before God properly. He was living the life of the flesh. And we hear that, we read that. And it says, when it came to his birthright, he just gave it up. But then the day came, hallelujah. The day came when Isaac was now ready to pass on into eternity. Glory to God. And Esau wanted his blessing, but his blessing, his brothers already come in and taken the blessing. Well, they already gave it up. It belonged to, belonged to our Jacob anyway. And then when he tried to get it, he couldn't get it. And then there was tears. There was tears from the, the brave man now because all of a sudden now he realized that his mistake can I encourage every single one of us? There might come a day before all of us might face the Lord. I want to tell you this, there's going to be some tears in heaven. Everybody thinks, oh, we're up there. oh I'm going to be walking on the streets as gold. Hallelujah. Me and Ezekiel, I'll be having a game of chess. Me and Isaiah. You know, and we're all going to be sitting with Jesus at his footstool. My friends, you're deceived. I want to tell you this right now. You're deceived if you think that's what it is. Everybody thinks that. As if it's going to be me and Jesus, we're going to be walking along the road. No, it's not. I'm going to tell you this. What happens down here is going, to, is going to determine what's going to happen up in the heavenly realms. How you live your life here is going to have eternal consequences in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Therefore, live your life very carefully, very diligently. Live your life in the presence of God and push in through the realm of the Spirit because it's going to have eternal rewards for you. And one day you'll stand before the Lord and God will receive you and you will get into your kingdom. And there'll be a gold crown, as Paul would say, awaiting for you. Listen, guys, I want to encourage us all again today. My job is, is to stir you up. It's to stir you up. It's to stir you up. Hallelujah. But then my job is to encourage you to stir yourself up. You need to stir yourself up. At the beginning of this year, you need to just rise up and say, I'm sick of living below the line. I'm going to start living above the line. Glory to God for the Holy Spirit. Lord, forgive me for living my life and being too fleshly orientated. Forgive me, Lord, for living a life in this world. I love this world. This world is wonderful. Well, I don't love the world. Well, let's, let's look at your diary. Let's just see exactly what's going on. How much time do you spend with God and how much time do you spend in the flesh? That'll tell you how much you love the Lord and that'll tell you how much you love the world because the flesh is attached to the world. Brethren, see the beginning of this year and I should preach this the first Sunday of getting into the new year but I thought, well, no, it takes a wee bit of time for people to come back, <laughs> doesn't it? And we can all of these things as well. Listen, guys, my job is to help you to stir yourself up that you will stir yourself up. I have to stir myself up. Oh, yeah. My wife can't stir me up. You can't stir me up. You can provoke me. You can encourage me. But I need to, I actually need to do that myself. Remember those little kind of wee crystal things, you know, you usually get them at Christmas time. And it's got to be flakes in it. And you, and you get it going up. And then you've got to be snowdrops. Sorry? Snow globes. But they all lie in the bottom, don't you? And then you give them a good stir up and then it's like and the whole thing's covered it's like it's snowing isn't it and um, well that's what it's like with us as well you know see the spirit of God doesn't control you that might burst somebody's bubble here <laughs> sorry the spirit of God does not control you hallelujah you have got free will you've got free will the spirit is subject to the prophet 
It's not the prophet subject to the Spirit. The Spirit will motivate you. The Spirit will encourage you. The Spirit will, will come alongside you and say, walk this way, but you need to choose either walk that way or I'm going that way. I need to say, right, the Spirit of God says, put that telly off. I want you to pray for a couple of hours. I've got a decision to make. Am I going to do that? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, so we, we have to realise the Spirit of God does not control us. But I want to tell you this, he'll come and he'll be with us and he will try and, and he will be our coach. Now, this is what we need to do. But I need to choose, am I going to do it? Was it Galatians 5, 25? It says, if we, are, if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then let's keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen. What I find in Christendom, and I'm just only talking off lip here, is this. Most people say, oh, God is leading me here. God's doing this. God's doing the next thing. And every time you talk to them, they add God on to the end of it. Because it, it, it pacifies the Spirit. It's like a wee dummy. It makes you feel good. So I don't want you to feel bad because I want you to feel good. So I don't want you to feel convicted. So I just add God on at the end of everything that I'm doing. Therefore, there can be no conviction. I'm maybe a bit hard on myself, but praise God, I've said this the other week there. I'd rather be hard on myself than soft on myself. Amen. I'd much rather be hard on myself than soft on myself. And I need to try and get the balance. My wife keeps telling me that there as well. But thank God, I would rather be hard on myself I'd rather than being soft in myself because if I've been soft in myself and friends it's not going to take me to my destiny and God and, that's, and I do and I really mean this I stand before God and I say God let your kingdom come and let your will be done Amen and I mean it I don't just say it I mean it we say it every morning don't we we finish the prayer meeting with our Father's prayer let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as in heaven well let's bring it a wee bit closer to home in my life <laughs> let your kingdom come and your will be done in me and then through me, work out your plans and your purposes. And I can only say this, I am happiest when I know that I'm walking with the Lord. And I'm not happy all the time. Okay. <laughs> can I just say that? Um, but you know, guys, this, is, this year will be our year if we make it our year. Now let me go back to the top as I just wrap up here, okay? For us to do something, we need team effort. Amen. Unite for education will be successful when people get involved, when people respond, when people get together, when people say, what can I do? Well, do you know what I'm going to do? And I have said to a few people, but I've, told, I've said to Stuart, and I was going to tell some people up there as well, I'm going to make this church available to homeschoolers. Now, I know it can't be for everybody, but I'm going to get in touch through Neil to the people out there that are doing it. And I'm going to say, by the way, Eastgate Church, I'm going to make this church available for you as a hub that you can come here and you can have it. And do you know what? Because I heard the girl saying, she says, some churches allow us to use their building and it's all they do is charge the lecky and the lights. Well, this church ain't going to be charging any like in lights, it's just going to be an open space for them that they can come in that we can say, well, we've got a wee part to play for the education. We're doing a little bit. We're doing a bit. Amen. We can do a little bit. And I'll leave that with them. It's going out there. But I'm going to put it out there. Do you know why? Because I want it to be us to do something. Glory to God. That's just in the realm of education. We're going to get involved in the evangelistic efforts of Billy Graham, but we're very involved in evangelism ourselves. That's why we meet here on a Wednesday. And that's why we go into the highways and the byways and the streets as some of you who have gotten along there, and that's what we do. So we're going to be involved in these things as well. Now, we can't do everything, but what we can do, we can do as much as we can. Amen. That's why we have, that's why we have prayer meetings regularly, because we believe in prayer. And everything that was said on the pastor's retreat of that prayer gathering, it was all about prayer. Well, obviously it was prayer. It was a prayer meeting, wasn't it? But everything that was coming through, education and all the things that they were doing, everybody kept saying, it's all about prayer. We pray, we pray, we pray. Hallelujah. And I loved that. Glory to God. 
And I was saying to Linda, I wish I could send me over into a Christian school. In fact, way back, Ben Patu was away ahead of the curve. Away back in the days of Living Waters Christian Center, do you know they did a Christian school? That was away back there in 1986. They had a school away back then and teaching their kids. And some of your kids went to that as well, away back there. Sorry? And Yes. And then Janice Latterley took on the, took on the mantle for that. There's our Janice just sitting up there at the back door. You can flag it up there as well. Janice ran that there as well and did that as well. So, so glory to God. Guys, we need to do something. There was a man who went over to Czech Republic, Prague, and he looked and he seen the terrible need. He seen the squalor. He seen the need. And he went, oh, I need to do something. He wasn't even a Christian. Actually, Jewish origins, but German was mixed in with it as well. And he went over there. They, they left Germany, came to, to, came to London. He was a stockbroker. And there was a friend that asked him to go out there and have a look around. When he was out there, he was appalled. He was going to go out for just one week and he stayed three weeks. But then he came back and he had to do the work here. And nobody was listening to him, but he says, but I'm going to get it done. He was determined. He went into the high offices. He was writing to all the high officials. And when he, he was keep chapping doors and his mother was involved as well. And guess what? He got it done. 669 testimonies of people and then you can actually see it because Esther Ranson made it, made it popular sort of thing and she did them on and he was sitting there and they were a crowd of people. He didn't realise who he was sitting next to. And then he just sat there and he says, well, who here was one of these people, children that actually that was rescued? And every one of them stood up and the man was there in tears because he didn't actually know what he accomplished. Now I was thinking of this. One day we will get to heaven and maybe you think you've not done an awful lot and maybe one day when you get to heaven there's going to be all these people and the Lord goes like that. Look what you've done. But I didn't think I did anything. That man, I, I, what did I know? I, I didn't feel as if I was doing anything. And the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant. Look, look, look what you've accomplished. You know, sometimes we can beat ourselves up because maybe we, we don't think we're doing this and that. We can only do what God has called us to do. As I says, we can't all be a Paul. We can't all necessarily be a Timothy. Maybe it's just being faithful coming in and cleaning the church like some people do in here as well. Maybe it's just being faithful in the 70s. Maybe it's just being faithful and going out in the streets and just feel as if you're not doing so much, but you're just doing something. Listen, guys, it's not rocket science. This year will be your year if you determine to say, this year I'm going for God. Amen. This year, Lord, I'm going for you. I'm asking you to do your, to, to take me, Lord, Lord, because I'm giving myself to you for this year. And then just begin to start waiting upon the Lord. Start now, you know, just getting before the Lord. Brian brought a wonderful prayer. In fact, funny enough, that song came afterwards. The song that came off the back of that, wasn't it? You know, when I'm weak, he is strong, you know, and I think it was words to that effect, you know, and our weakness. God uses weak things. The things that seem like nothing. God is actually the one that exalts himself in these things, you know. So I get a great kick out of that. God chooses the things of this world that seem nothing and not to the things of the world. Hallelujah. That he can be glorified in it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Brothers and sisters, you know, at the beginning of this year, I want to say this, and I want to just kind of emphasize that as well. And listen to me, I'm, I mean, as much as I'm there to study up as well, I want to tell you this as well. You better, you better have a wee look at the end of the road. Because some of us are, well, we're just, we're just getting busy carrying on like this and we're doing what we think. One day when you get to the end of the road, you're going to stand face to face with your maker and your Lord. And he's going to say to you, right, okay, what did you do for me? That's what he's going to say to you. What did you do for the kingdom of God? Um, wouldn't it be amazing if you can just come, you know, and you can just say, Lord, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, and you can just stand before him. Glory to God. Yes, Brian, I've finished the race. I've completed my task. Hallelujah. And all of us have got a God-given 
destiny. All of us have God-given talents. But let me finish because I've kind of lost. I get sidetracked here, right? So listen. All the things that are highlighted here, whether it was Billy Graham, whether it was pastors all coming together in prayer. Could you imagine if that, if that meeting went out there, we were all invited to go to that prayer meeting and four pastors turned up. Could you imagine what that had been like? Could you imagine there was hardly anybody in the room because everybody else was busy with doing something else? Okay, let them all go on, mate. I'm, I'm okay. Can you imagine then, you know, the Billy Graham campaign, the hydro is hired and all the rest of it, and there's about 10 people in there, five empty buses sitting outside. Everybody needs to get involved. A church, you know, see that man, Nicky Winton. See if he was left to himself and nobody got aboard. Nothing would have happened. Nothing would have happened. And that's the same here as Eastgate Church with all the great intentions I could think we would like to do this, that, the next thing. See if everybody sits out there saying, so let them go on with it. <laughs> on yourself, Arthur. <laughs> We're with you, emails. Praying for you. And I'm out there running the streets myself and there's nobody there and I'm or maybe trying to do this and myself and I'm, I'm, I'm in a prayer meeting myself. You guys, it doesn't work. It works when the body becomes the body. Amen. That's why when God brings us together, and I want to encourage us as well, that we need to come together. Find a church that you can say, well, look, this is an okay church and I can be, I can be firm in here. I can, I can be rooted in here. I can get involved in here. Amen. And if you can't get involved in here and think, this place is terrible, look, do yourself a favor. Go and find another church that you can get involved in. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to cry over spilt milk. If people felt, oh, this is not for me, then we'll go find somewhere else for you and get involved. I will cheer you on. I will say, praise God, you know. And then when I bump into you in about a year's time and you're doing great and all the rest of it, oh, I'm, you know, I'm an assistant pastor or, you know, maybe whatever. I will say, amen. Maybe you punch and say, praise God. I'm happy for you. I just want everybody to, to find themselves in Christ. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. But I want, I, want, I want to see you doing your best. And, and, and I want to do my best. I want you to do your best. That's my job. For you to do your best. And I'll be encouraged. See what a good pastor is. I think every father, and I'm sure our mother, I might add as well. See when our children are growing up and they do a lot better than us. Oh, my son's a doctor now. Or my, my, son, my daughter's a scientist. Oh, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're doing fantastic. See, as a parent, you're like that. Makes you proud. Thomas, doesn't it? This, I mean, when your kids are doing well and they punch a lot better than you ever did, you're like that inside. You're, you're like pride, isn't it? Whoa. I mean, Stuart's mother comes up here and she starts talking about Stuart and she... Well, that was when you were working for Cameron House, I mean, I, I don't know what she said about you now. <laughs> Sorry, Stuart, I had to fling that out there. Oh. Hey, he's working for a better company now, glory to God. And, um, and glory to God, amen. But you know something, it does us proud, doesn't it? Does us proud. I want to tell you, this pastor's heart. I mean, see, listen, see, if somebody grew up here and there was a new Charles, a new Franklin Graham or something like that, hey, what the heck? I would be proud. I would be like that. Hey, praise God. It seems, you know, people started all rising up here and it's like, wow, he's were doing great, far better than I could ever have done. I would be like that. Amen. See when Matthew McGregor worked for me all those years ago. I'm going to tell you this, and you know, and, and, and you know, Matty worked for me and blah, 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 you know, and then I had to eventually, the business collapsed, so I had to eventually 
paid Matty off and then eventually the, the business went. All in the plans and purposes of God because God was like, Arthur, I've got another job for you. That was just your training ground, all right? See, when I see Matty McGregor now, Matty's done far better than I ever did. Multi-skilled, he's talented, and he's, and he's doing fantastic. And I'm like that. Please God, Matthew. And I, I remember he used to work for me. Well, sometimes I used to wonder who was one for who, actually. <laughs> Push comes to shove if you get to know Matthew. But I was like that, praise God. Because I want to see, I, I like to see, see when people do, you know, just, the, you want to cheer people on. Come on, go for it, guys, you know. That is the heart of a true pastor, rather than people that they always say, oh, you know, it's like, oh, for goodness sake. No, we should be cheering each other on, all of us, not just them, but we should always be cheering each other on. Come on, bro, come on, sister, you can do better than this. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let's inspire. The Bible says encourage each other daily as long as it's called today. Let's be a church that encourages each other, that, that pushes each other, and you know, provokes each other. Come on, bro, get yourself, get your act together. Come on, sister, I better not be, I don't just thought I'd add the sister in there in case I, I don't want to be um, just you know, accused of um, being biased. But listen, let's encourage each other in the things of God. Amen. Let's, let's encourage each other to say, come on, we can do better. Amen. Let's see God moving in a powerful way. Yes, in this church, but in all the churches in the nation. Let's, let's contend for the faith. Let's not just throw the towel and say, oh, what's the heck? The devil's got the high ground. You know, it's all gone. It's all death and gloom. Hey, let's get out there punching. Come on. Let's fight back. Let's take the fight to the enemy. That's what the Bible's telling us. Let's contend for the faith. Let's fight our ground. Hallelujah. I'd rather be fighting against evil than the evil overcame me than just sitting by and saying, well, just a look, hands up, surrender. No, let's fight. Hallelujah. There's a fight for this nation and we need to rise up now and be the church that God has called us to be. Hallelujah. Father, I bless you this morning. And Father, Lord, as I've encouraged the brethren to, to be stirred up I realize it's only you that can stir them up. And I pray, Lord, Father, even in the failings of many words that may have flowed out of my mouth, but Lord, I pray the heart of it, Lord God, they will receive it. That they will, Lord God, Father, go home and they will get before you and they will just say, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in my life. Stir me up afresh, Lord. I've settled, maybe I've lost it, but I'm going to find it. And Lord God, and I'm going to give it back into you for the glory of God. Father, I just pray for every single person in this room and anybody that might be listening to it for who knows where, I pray, stir them up, encourage them, show them, Lord God, Father, that there is an end game and one day we'll all stand before you. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that everyone will stand before you and they will hear those wonderful words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've finished your race and come on in, there's a crown waiting for you. Amen and amen. Thanks for watching. If you've been challenged today, then please drop a message so that we can help support and pray for you. And also remember to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss the next message.